Welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're gonna, we are kicking off the home stretch to the Oscars. We will be taking a look at the supporting categories today. We'll give our thoughts on who we think will win, who could potentially play spoiler, and our favorite performances from the respective nominees. We have a fun episode planned with you guys. Several first-time guests. As always, I am joined here by Jacob. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about the Oscars. I'm glad that we're on this kind of home stretch. And I'm excited to talk about what might be one of my favorite nominees that I've seen from the Oscars. You know, we were talking about it before I was off the air, not trying to bury any names. I really blew it. I could have called you Justin there, and I'm really upset. <laughs> I'm extremely upset with that. But yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Um, we've got a couple of revolving door guests coming on with us over the next couple of weeks, so it's going to be a lot of fun for that as well. Um, we have a couple fun ones for you today, but returning this week from the Fantasy Football Roundtable, Matthew Fox, how are you today, sir? Doing good. Doing good. I was going to ask you how you were doing. Oscars. I was going to tell you how you were doing before I even had you on the in the feed, so that was going to be very awkward. Hey, it was 70 degrees in Colorado yesterday, so you got to take that while you still can. It's snowing today, but <laughs> it's warmer than what it is here, so. I'll tell you what. I got some sun today. I was outside in the sun, and I feel like I've, you know, I got a suntan tomorrow. I think it's gonna be like thirty, but you know, I feel good about it. But joining us also this week from the Film Not Rated podcast, did I say that I finally did? Yeah, Eric Langford, how are you, buddy? I'm all right. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Thank you for uh, joining us this week. Yeah, glad to be here. I've missed you the last couple weeks, buddy. Me too. Have you though? I don't feel like you're chipper. What's wrong with it? Why are you not chipper this week? life <laughs> <laughs> i feel that i do that i do feel that a lot uh, so joining us for the t- joining us for the first time this week the editor of bakersfield life emma sashik hello everybody thank you for having me thank you for joining us Did i say that right it was okay Sashik. <laughs> 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 it's all right everybody on this podcast is used to me bearing butchering names so it's of- okay you know, if we have to it's just gonna sound like we're trying to get you to stop talking and just that's yeah first and last time on the show i'm a thank you it's been great bye-bye also joining us for the first time this week kathia woods how are you today good i'm great let me move my basket <laughs> hey, it's all right. I, there you go. I will. We I will had like to point a very out, extensive laundry talk like two episodes ago. We really did. It was kind of weird. I would like to point out if everybody would look behind me, I found this gem at uh, everybody that's listening is going to be like, "What are you talking about?" But it's a clock. It's a hostess clock. Or sorry, it's a little Debbie clock, and it's got little Debbie snack cakes on it, and it's literally an old-fashioned clock. I found it at a thrift store, and this is totally off-subject, but. It's fantastic. It's the greatest purchase of my entire existence. And I was like, I need now I need to find like a little Debbie one, a little hers potato chips, or you know, I think Kathy over there is gonna be the only one that gets the hers potato chips because those are a northern thing. So but she's from Philly, guys, everybody. Oh, look, I could point down. Are you below me? Can you Yes, I am below okay. you. <laughs> All right, perfect. I never know if it's actually the way it's supposed to be. This is gonna be a disaster. All right, guys. But like I was saying, this is very exciting. Thank you both of you for joining us this week. We're gonna talk about the supporting actor and supporting actress categories. Um, so the nominees for the best supporting actor category were Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, Sasha Barracona for the trial of Chicago Seven, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Daniel Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah, and then Lakeith Stanfield for the Judas and the Black Messiah as well. I'm actually going to kick it off to Kathia for you first. Um, 
were there any surprises outside of Lucky Stanfield that in this category for you? No, he was the only one. It, it was kind of crazy to me just to hear his name. I mean, it, obviously exciting. We were talking about it before you got here. It's very exciting because now he is an Oscar nominee. He's well-deserved. He's a very good actor, but it was kind of a surprise, right? Yeah, you know, better him than Jared Leto. You know what I mean? That would that really would have been yeah. like, what? Welcome like, to the podcast. We need got, you. That got killed. Um, no, I think that. Um, I mean, yeah, these it, it it in a way doesn't make sense because he was like the lead, and we know how, all how this goes, but. I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? He is a good actor. He makes good choices. You know what I mean? In his work. He, he's definitely not boring, but I definitely, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know? All right. I'm going to kick it off to you first. I, I'm going to put you on the, I'm going to put you on the spot here by asking you first out of everybody, who do you think is going to win in this category? But then also I want you to give me, who do you think has the p- potential chance of spoiling as well? I think this is Daniel Kaluuya's win. He has won this and everything. Uh, I think he he gives such a compelling performance that it's hard to beat. I like Paul Racy, you know, so he would be like the spoiler. But I think um, Warner Brothers knows how to campaign clearly because they have a Best Picture nomination as well. And uh, they have the money. They're going to put their money behind Daniel. Do you know what I mean? And Daniel has been good. He's made himself available. He's done these Q's and A's, you know, as I like to call the dog and pony show. He's done that. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it's just also, I think we're also in a, I hate to say this, but it's important. Uh, We had a very racially charged year last year. This film really highlights a lot of the things that are still going on in our country, sadly. And also um, with everything going on with the HFPA and some of these other branches, I think the Academy also the voters are aware of, like we don't want to be a hashtag, let the HFPA be the hashtag people for now. Let them get all that heat, let us have our awards and, you know, and that also with him, I think it's an easy one because, again, he gives such a compelling performance. And it kind of fits that other box of where you're like, woosah, we're not the the bad people this year. Absolutely. Uh, Emma, to you, same question. Um, I absolutely agree with everything that Kathy had just said. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya is phenomenal in this role. I feel like he is one actor who just totally immerses himself in pretty much any role that he's given. I mean... With Get Out, we just saw a masterful performance from him. I mean, just seeing that one tear fall down that that face, I mean, that says it all. But I was just so, I was so captivated seeing him in this movie. I, You just cannot look away when he's on screen, screen and he fills every sentence with such passion and such gusto that he is absolutely taking this one home. Um, you know, Paul Racy, I think he gave a very beautiful performance as well in Sound of Metal. That might be one person to look out for. I also think that Lakeith gave a brilliant performance as well and the constant debate with his morals. Do I keep going this way? Do I keep uh, hurting Fred Hampton or do I, you know, do what's right? It's just a beautiful category. I'm so happy to see so many great people 
here, but it's it's Daniels to win for sure. Anybody who you think could play to potential spoiler here? Um, like I said, maybe Paul Racy, maybe Lakeith. Um, I don't know if maybe they them two might split the votes, but uh, I think he'll be okay in the end. Our boys got it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Eric, to you. So I was originally just going to say Daniel Kaluuya because the way they sort of block themselves in by putting both actors from the same movie at this point, if you do Lakeith, you have a lot of like dissent and online discourse about like, did he fit and that kind of thing for at least from the people who are interested on this level. If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine that would be the case. Um, so I was actually going to say like, I, I believe and agree with the idea of Daniel Kaluuya, but to mix things up a bit in terms of what could potentially happen in behind the scenes with however that small political game goes uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is newer and every once in a while in a category that like shining a light on upcoming talent thing happens. And so I feel like it's also a possibility that giving both actors a nomination in this category is a nod towards the movie given their decision to not pick one of them. So I guess my, my pick is also my spoiler is Leslie Odom Jr. I think. Got it. Matthew Fox, to you? Yeah, I still think Daniel Kaluuya is the front runner. I actually have seen a few uh, notable critics and media people. I don't know what that Who's was. Who's haunted? <laughs> yeah. Talking about uh, the idea that, that they thought he was more of the lead performance. So I think that may explain why we saw, you know, we know Warner Brothers put Lakeith Stanfield up for best actor for your consideration, but there were enough people that voted for him to go into support that he ended up in there. And part of me wonders if they end up splitting the vote. I think the one that could potentially play spoilers, Leslie Odom Jr., because he gave a very good performance, very powerful in that movie. And that is another movie that also speaks to some of the same issues that we see in Judas and the Black Messiah. You could see that getting a lot of traction, too. I guess my my nightmare uh, upset would be Sasha Baron Cohen for all the Borat fans, because that I, I might have to take a uh, pause break from the awards if that happens. And the okay. leader of the it's... Sasha Barrett Cohen fan club, Jacob, it's your turn. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it definitely should be Daniel Kaluuya, and I think he will ultimately win in the end. Um, but it's like Matt was saying, there's definitely a love for Lakeith in the role, or he wouldn't have gotten nominated in supporting actor, you know, especially when in a place that he wasn't being pushed. So I think for me personally, I think this was Daniel Kaluuya versus Sasha Baron Cohen the entire time Kaluuya started to, you know, edge out in front. But I think with uh, Lakeith getting in, that really opened it up to all five still potentially getting the win because you, you got, you know, you got to think if they've got Daniel or Lakeith in the lead, their number two could be Paul Racy. Their number two could be Leslie. Their number two could be Sasha Baron Cohen and starts getting down to those number two, number three spots. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think Daniel should win. I think he's going to win, but I think it's a lot closer than what we initially thought, in my opinion. Um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if we saw like a Paul Racy or a Leslie Odom Jr. Um, or honestly, any of these guys win. Um, but I do think Daniel should win. Yeah, I 
I'm a hundred percent on the dunk Lewis going to win. My personal like love for Leslie Odom Jr. in one night in Miami, I thought that he was a fantastic Sam Cook. Like he just blew me away. Like it's probably my fa- favorite supporting performance. Even though I I really do love four of the five of these um, nominees and their performances in their film. Even if you throw like Keith and just the conversation for supporting, I do love all of them other than Borat, but. Outside of that, because I love Paul Racy, I thought Paul Racy was fantastic. I thought my big problem with Sasha Baron Cohen personally is I think he's like the fourth or fifth best thing in that film. That's my biggest issue with the trial of Chicago 7. They pushed him because of his name factor. And I get it. You know what I mean? You want the nomination. Mark Rylance is not sexy. You know what I mean? Like he, he, well, I mean, I don't know. Sorry if Mark Rylance's wife. No, I, you're I, fine. I, I, <laughs> oh, so you're Mark Rylance's wife. Okay, got well, it. No. Just on the down low, but. <laughs> but the pick is not sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and, and of course, with Borat coming out, it was a smart play by Netflix, 100%. And I know Jacob's like, God, shut up, Ricky. But for me, I just feel like he was like the fourth or, be- fourth or fifth best thing about that movie. And that to me just really kind of, it just irritated me that he's nominated. But for me, so well, is here is he not? He's nominated for Borat. No, 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 no. no. They just okay. no, 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 no. I didn't think so. Yes. But you guys are doubting it. Let me say he's not nominated for Borat, but I do believe he got nominated yeah, because is, of yeah that helped influence. Yeah, that did help influence his campaign. Uh, as as he said, the dog and pony show, as we like to call it. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just it's. 100% Dan Kalua, but I would not be, but I do think Leslie Odom Jr., crossing my fingers, should get his Oscar for best song, crossing my fingers. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. I think, I so, think Leslie, he has some momentum. Yes. He won at Critics' Choice, right? Uh, SAG doesn't, it's not going to be a situation there. And also, he, listen, he's going to be on that stage singing mm-hmm. his little heart out. And he has yeah. a beautiful voice, like effortless voice, oh, right? Wow. And, and and you know, they're going to have all that production around him. I do think I can see people voting in that way. He yeah. has this other thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, I don't think he'll be mad to win it for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, take it. I, I, don't, the acting thing, you know? I don't think Lady Gaga was too mad to win an Oscar yeah, that I, night. I, <laughs> just by not winning the acting right? one. I'm still upset about that a little bit just because, you know, I'm Literally. sorry, but Bradley Cooper should have won. But that's just, we're talking about a different year, but yeah, I don't want to talk about, you know, Mr. Teeth on this episode. Check out so. that episode of the MCDI <laughs> But all right, so real quick, I am going to pick a person. I, I said we all were going to write down our favorite our nominees for each of these characters, uh, characters for each of these uh, actors. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a little bit of a different game. Obviously, Paul Racy's only ever been in Sound of Metal, but I'm going to pick a person and I want you to pick your favorite film from that person. And I'm going to start with Emma. I'm going to say, pick your favorite uh, Lakeith Stanfield film. Um, I loved Sorry to Bother You. I loved him as Cassius Green. Um, that movie gave me nightmares it's he's a army hammer's a total horse girl and we don't talk about army hammer anymore but that's the only reference he gets in that one um but yeah it was just such a strange role but i loved it because it was so different from anything that we've ever really seen from him before um i also really liked him in the photograph i know that that's a movie that didn't really get that many great reviews um it was a night it was a 
every role he does is so different. And I think it just shows you how great of an actor he truly is. And I'm so happy that he is getting recognized so early in his career with these um, nominations. But those two movies definitely are the ones that just stick out to me. Ricky was smart for not picking me because I would have gone straight to Uncut Gems. Yes, exactly. That's the reason why I didn't go to you. Uh, Miss Woods, to you, uh, I'm going to give you Sasha Barrett Cohen. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I do like him. I like when he was doing Ali G. Because yes. I, did, yes. I, did, I did like him as Ali G because you didn't know it was him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the disguise and he completely personified like that whole character of what mm. people think people are in him. Exactly. So I think, you know, and, and, and just the fact that, you know, again, he doesn't break character. So that makes him really, really uh, believable and great and, you know, all that other mess. But um yeah. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does that. Yeah. Like, but from Borat to Ali G to all these roles yeah. that he plays that are just For, so right there in your face, and he's just straight faced. It blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. For 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 what people think of him in Charles Chicago Seven and his nomination, whatever, we can't we can't overlook the fact that Sasha Baron Cohen is such a naturalistic actor, and it seems like everything he does, he like really dives into that kind of role and performance and can really like take on whatever he does. And I, I think, you know, of course I like the nomination, but overall I just think him as an actor, it's just nice to see him get some recognition for kind of the body of work he's done. All right. So um, I'm going to give Dana Kaluuya to Matthew Fox. I'm going to go with widows. Um, I think that's an underrated movie. I liked his part. He kind of played a villain part. Um, he's not, he's not, you know, probably one of the top billed guys in there, but he definitely makes a big impression. He's so scary. He is scary in that movie. He's so it's just scary. Like, yeah. awful in that movie. If he would have looked at me at any point in my life and said to do something with that role, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Like I wouldn't even asked second questions. You know what I mean? He's terrifying. He's love him god i can't wait i just can't wait for him to hoist that oscar trophy because it's gonna be just that whole body of work and he's still young you know what i mean it's like i don't even think that we've seen the best from him and i think that's the best part of that all right so now we're gonna transition over to the best supporting actress category we've got some big ones and we got some new ones you know what i mean we got a cut we got some old people that have been nominated and then we have uh some you know fresh meat here so I don't know why I said fresh meat. That was terrible. But <laughs> all right. So we got Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. We got Maria Bakavala for Borat. Amanda Seafried for Make. Olivia Coleman for The Father. And Yu Jong Yoon for Minari. And I'm going to make Jacob go first with your who will win and who can potentially spoil the victory party. And I already know I'm going to let you kick it off because I know how passionate you are about this category. Okay. So. I'm glad he let me kick it off first. So personally, I think Maria Bakalova's nomination is probably one of my favorite um, that I've seen the Academy give as a nomination. Um, and, you know, I get people saying like, oh, like was she, you know, she was just live, whatever. But like to do what she did, knowing that, you know, if I if I mess up this one scene, that whole thing scrapped because it's not like you can go 
to a bunch of people and mess up a scene and go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me try to redo this. It's like you have that one moment. And then especially in that pivotal scene, you know, with Rudy Giuliani, it's like there's no messing up that one. Like that is is such an intense – I mean I know me personally, I could not be in a room with him for five minutes. You know, and she was in a room with him and was able to kind of do what she did and was able to, you know, stay in character. And as someone who is, you know, not an actress, this is, I think this is her first role. You know, that's so, so impressive in my eyes. And I think, especially with it being a comedic performance, with it being such a real and honest performance with the level of difficulty that it was, I personally absolutely love it. I do end up think she's going thinking uh, she might. Well, I think she's going to win, um, and I I hope she wins. And I think the only person who I really see that could beat her would be uh, Yoon Ya Jung. I think that would be just an incredible win for her as well. I just hope, and I'm sorry for Glenn Close. I just hope it's not Glenn Close. Uh, I'm going to pivot to uh, Eric. Eric, your thoughts on the category. Who do you think is going to win and uh, anybody that's going to play spoiler here? Um, Olivia Coleman, did she win for lead or supporting last lead. year? Lead. lead. Um, I, so I feel like she's not going to win. Uh, I, and that's an odd way of looking at it. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But um, I was going to say Maria Baklova, I, I could see see it happening it's just she she did another movie that year called last call and before then she did another movie called the father that's not this year's slash last year's the father and i just i don't know enough about what she's doing and i don't know enough about how controlled the environments that she had to do like is like I, I completely feel for what jacob said that it feels brave from the outside looking in but if you have the context that basically at this point people are able to recognize Sasha Baron Cohen and the whole film crew and stuff like that, and they sit down for an interview and they just mislead, like this is what the interview is going to look like and kind of push things in a certain direction. You may not have as much of a risk for, you know, like, I don't know, like, cause there's a lot of people talking about the editing of that whole sequence and what it looks like and what it, you know, actually is because you're, the lav mic goes down to your belt and blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of details to get into. I'm just saying, I don't know that that's what other people are looking at. So I'm not sure that that would get her the win. So while I'm saying is I basically, I have no idea, but I think the steal and the one that it's going to end up going to is Amanda Seyfried because of that whole Hollywood push to nostalgia for Hollywood thing. And Amanda Seyfried hasn't had that nod in the past, despite being in Les Miserables and a couple of different like heavy hitters emotionally. Like she was in a movie with Glenn Close, um, the nine something, Nine Lives, uh, way back when she was younger and whatnot. And like I don't know, she has like this sort of history where it's not maybe not necessarily the same thing as Lakeith Stanfield, but I just feel like it's like a build up, and then you have enough of that nostalgia thing that they look for, and then. That's what's going to end up happening. Matthew Fox to you. Yeah. This category feels really wide open to me. You have five kind of interesting nominees from very different films with very different kind of roles. 
Part of me thinks it would be incredibly humorous if Glenn Close won a Golden Raspberry and an Academy Award in back-to-back, or I think the Golden Raspberries are on Friday this year, like close, <laughs> close to back-to-back. It, it cracks me up. It shows you how polarizing that film was that she got nominated for the same role in the same movie in both of those uh, competitions. Um, but I don't think she's going to win. Um, Yun Yu Jun um, would probably be the one I, I feel like is is going to win. Um, uh, to me, it's her. Olivia Coleman would be my choices. Um, but I think what Eric mentioned, you know, if you're looking for a potential spoiler, nobody loves uh, stories that celebrate old Hollywood more than uh, old Hollywood Academy voters. And I know in the last few years, they've tried to inject a lot of new blood into the Academy, uh, tried to get a lot of new members to kind of reverse some of the old trends, but it is really impossible until we start hearing uh, awards announced to tell how Academy Award voters feel about Mank, which is not a movie that seems to be universally celebrated by a lot of people who have been watching these stories, but it feels like the kind of movie that in years past was a shoe in, you know, it didn't surprise any of us that it led in nominations. And even though it wouldn't be our pick, I don't know how many of us would be super surprised if it swept a bunch of categories. I will say this though. I would, I was just going to say real quick. Um, I, the reason why I back off of saying, uh, uh, Yunya Jung is because I have not seen Minari, but from what I have seen from Minari through trailers and clips and what I tried to get a handle on before the end of last year, I really like all the performances in that movie. And so I don't know if there's anyone else here who we have a couple more people who could possibly bring her up if they've seen it. Um, but that what I, I would say that. And then the upset is Amanda Seyfried. So I'm glad you brought that up. I will say the one thing with Amanda Seyfried though, that I think is interesting is like, I feel like just her name in general, you have that old Hollywood that's going to love the the Manx story, that's going to love the Citizen Kane story, the Marion Davis. But then you also have that new Hollywood that kind of probably grew up watching her in Mean Girls and some of these other films as well. So, you know, when it comes to names, she might be one of the like best names at the um, in supporting actress category. Miss Woods, to you, uh, who do you think is going to win, and who do you think can play spoiler? Um, I think Glenn is going to win. She has hung out. This is usually what Hollywood does. If you live long enough to either give you an honorary Oscar or they give you a makeup Oscar. And it's crazy because her resume is insane. And this happened with the wife. Not enough people saw that film. I actually saw it on the plane going to Sundance. And I was like, this is a wonderful film. But again, it was a smaller film. It didn't have the budget to campaign and to get enough people to see it. There was nothing wrong with her performance. There was nothing wrong with the film. This is a more of a commercial film, for lack of a better word. More people saw it, you know, however you feel about it. And Again, like Glenn has been invited to the party a gazillion times. I think this is going to be one of those things where like, let's just get this over with. So we we no longer have to hear what does she have to do to win an Oscar? 
for this role, I know. I don't think Amanda is going to win it because this movie has such a polarizing reaction. You either love Mank or you hate it. I'm on the other side. I think it's a, also it's one of those movies where people don't talk about the performances. They talk about how it's technically beautiful. A movie that is about a screenwriter and nobody talks about that character. Everybody talks about how visually stunning it is, how technically spectacular it is. And that's a problem when you're voting for a performance. I think the issue is you're not emotionally attached to this character. She looks pretty and it works, but I don't care about her. Mm -hmm. I don't care about this person's journey. And I'm sorry, it doesn't mean anything against her because I think she's, she's a wonderful actress. And I think that's the problem. You need to make that hump to connect with this character. And I think that's where the vote will split. I think if Olivia Coleman was nominated any other year, she would have a better chance. The Father is one of my favorite films. It's stunning. It is absolutely heart freaking breaking. I saw it at 8 a.m. at Sundance and I boohooed through the whole darn thing. And I wasn't the only one. And mm -hmm. I have a grandparent who, who um, had dementia. So really kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, and everybody was like, oh, was like, oh God. At 8 a.m. we're all out here crying. Uh, the person who should win, and I want to make sure I say her name correctly because I don't want to uh, butcher it. Young Cho Hong should win. That movie is stunning. It is an American story. Let me say it again. It is an American story. It just happens not to be in English. And I don't think it takes anything away from this. You feel for this family. There are moments in there where you laugh. You know, um, for those of you who have seen it, you know, when he's trying to do the whole water thing. I don't want to give it away. And the wife is like, I'm on to you. Like, just tell me what's going on, right? And the kid is adorable. And the scenes between her and the kid are amazing. And I also love that she was an unconventional grandmother. She, she let them know, I don't cook, I don't clean, I'll watch these kids and my program. Anything else is above my pay grade. Like you're not getting that from me. You don't see that a lot in, in, in grandmothers that get to be a little bit unconventional and that get to be like, and I also love how she's very observant. Like she knows what's going on with this couple, but she's like, mm, you're gonna have to figure this out yourself. But I think she deserves to win. If you're a movie head, she's a huge star in, in Asian cinema and she's been around for a long time in that community. So I think that would be a beautiful story. I don't think anybody can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've ever had, I think one time, an Asian woman win best supporting. I think in the entire Academy history, those statistics are not good for a 2021, but I would not be mad if she won, but I do think this is gonna be Glenn's um, catch up Oscar. Emma, to you. I'm so glad you talked so much about this unconventional grandma because I just adore her. I mean, I believe Yoon Jung Yoon has to win this award. Um, you know, her performance is fantastic. I mean, I, I'm an immigrant myself. And when my family started coming over from former Yugoslavia to the United States, I was like um, the little kid who was, you know, basing everything off of what she saw on TV. And my grandma does not bake cookies. My grandma, you know, has not worked ever in her life. She's been dedicated to her family. But, you know, there's that bond that 
he forms with his grandmother that is so strong and so beautiful. And I have my bond with my grandmother too. So it's just such a realistic film for immigrants and really all Americans. I mean, this is an American film just in Korean. Um, so it's just a beautiful film that celebrates family and love and just doing your damn best when things are really hard and tough and who can't relate to that in this country and anywhere in the world. So absolutely deserves to win this category. Um, in terms of spoilers, literally any of the other four could be a spoiler. I, I hate this category because I don't know who's going to win it. And it's like this for the best actress category for me too at this point. But um, Glenn Close, as you guys have said, you know, the powerhouse of an actress who has done it all, seen it all, and has deserved to win so many times. Um, she really was the best part of Hill Hillbilly Elegy, even though I don't like to think about that movie too often. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's just so captivating in that role, and Mima is could take the win. Um, Olivia Coleman is heartbreaking in The Father, and it's a stunning film from start to finish as well. And she she plays so beautifully against um, Anthony Hopkins in in that. Um, Amanda, I I really loved her in this role, and from the from the moment I did see Mink, I kind of was on the Amanda train for best supporting actress. But I kind of feel like she may have lost a little bit of steam here and there. You know, we just haven't seen too many wins from her um and then maria bakalova i feel like she, she out of all of them i think she could be the spoiler and i sometimes i think will she really be the winner will somebody else take it um i just think she's gained so much traction especially with that critics choice win and you know it's just a role that you don't typically see nominated especially a borat film which is just so outrageous from start to finish um but she really does play the role fantastically and she's the star of the film Borat is kind of in the background at that point but yeah I hate this category it's too hard to pick but um but but Yoon Jung Ye is my my girl by the way from a quick google search Yoon Ye Jung was is the first South Korean to be nominated for a uh, supporting actress I thought so also I feel like for Maria the nomination is the gift see you this is your Tink Tink Award, the nomination. You get to come to the party, get dressed up. You get to put that on your resume. Uh, and now, and, and I agree with Emma. I think Glenn Close was the best thing in that movie. And we need to just put that in the rears. So for, for me, okay. So I watch, I've watched The Father five times. Um, the Father is hands down the best film that I saw last year. Um, I am so glad that the Academy recognized it. I'm so mad on the flip side of it because Sony Picture Classic really dropped the ball because Florian Zeller should have been nominated for director. It should have been nominated in several other categories, but I'm glad it got in for production design because the production design is something that I think is unique and something we've never really seen before. It's it's one of the, I don't know, I could talk about that film for hours just because Anthony Hopkins just blew me away in that film, but we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But for me, the first time I ever watched The Father, Olivia Coleman didn't really stand out to me. The second time I watched it, the third and fourth and fifth time, I was like, oh my God, Anthony, Olivia Coleman is mind-blowing good in this because the characters that she's playing is not the same one throughout this entire film. It, it's she is on not on par with Hopkins' performance, but they go head-to-head -head very, very well throughout the film. 
Um, for me, I look at the nominations, right? Minari, Mank, I, I'm Minari and The Father, I think both have six nominations, if my, my mind remembers correctly. And with that being said, I think it's really down to those two. And I think Miss Woods said the perfectly here. Baklava's uh, nomination, this is your this is your gift. This is it, right? You know what I mean? Because I still, to the last moment, was not convinced she was going to get nominated just because the performance is unconventional of anything that they've ever done. But when I watch Minari, for me personally, Judas and the Black Messiah, Judas and the Black Messiah speaks to a lot of what happened last year, right? Minari also speaks to what's happened for the last hundreds of years from the minority standpoint, as in trying to be in this country. Why is America the way it is? Why does everybody want to come here? But once you do get here, how hard is it to make a living, to be here, to thrive in this country? It's not easy. And even as a, as a, as a white male, to me, I understand like chasing my dreams. It's not easy. Like it's, it's hard work. It's dedication. And I feel like we've lost that sight in society, like hard work. It, that's what it takes to get to where you want to go. And that film is the representation, in my opinion, of the quote unquote American dream and what it's like, the struggles. And it's just beautiful. I think it's the perfect best picture win, in my opinion. I really do. I think just what it stands for. Um, if, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, Parasite, just get over the 60% that's not in, in English. God forbid you, you know, have to read a little bit of the screen. You know what I'm saying? But for me, I think it comes down to the grandma versus the daughter. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's the battle. And, and to be honest with you, I really wholeheartedly want the grandma to win here. I, I really do. She's so good. So, so, so good. I do think I it wouldn't the spoiler to me is Glenn Close just because you're right. It's just the here you go. Finally, we you know, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio was he was very good in the revenant. Did he deserve it? No, absolutely not. You know what I mean? My, sorry, Michael Fassbender. That's Michael Fassbender's Oscar for Steve Jobs. Okay. It just is. But they were decided this was the year where to give DiCaprio the Oscar. So this could be DiCaprio moment with Glenn Close. And it's kind of sad because I really feel like you know, you and should she should just win. She should be that that moment. I, I want that moment. You know, I want that Oscar moment where we see her give that speech. It's just, you know, just a cute little grandma, you know, accepting her Academy Award on 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 the biggest night of the year for film. So for me, that would be great. But all right. So any closing thoughts on the supporting categories from our two guests to Miss Woods? Anything that you would like to say before we go here? I mean, I think we need to look at it the bigger picture, right? We have a lot of firsts this year for these nominations. And I'm always like, it's 2021. Like we shouldn't we should be upset it took us to get to 2021. What I want for for, for these minorities, I want them to get the things that their counterpart gets. Opportunities, the money, the money, the money, opportunities to play non-stereotypical to play a character that happens to be Asian, Latinx or whatever the thing is, because these folks are talented. I don't want them to become like a Jeopardy question. You know what I mean? What happened to so-and-so, you know? So I think that's the bigger question that we, we have to say, like, what are we doing with this momentum? Are we just going to get dressed up and say, add on us, we got a diverse, um, in the acting branch nominating bunch, you know? Or are we as creatives? You know, we got 80 million channels streaming everything, you know. 
uh, are we really going to, when we are hiring people, are we going to open it up and, and, and cast the way the world looks? And that's really what I want for these actors. You know what I mean? Even Maria Bartolova, if that's something she wants to pursue an acting career, give her a chance to play somebody else. You know, don't now cast her as this version in 16 different movies. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what she said. Um, you know, and we look back at Yelitsa Aparicio, who like just got her first follow up like last month after giving an incredible performance in Roma. And it, so we need, you know, like these these people are going to have Oscar nominee next to their name or winner for the rest of their life. And they should be treated as such. They should be treated as one of the best of the best and given the money given the roles, given the time that they, you know, deserve. And so I a hundred percent agree with everything she said. Emma to you, any closing thoughts? Uh, other than absolutely beautifully stated by Kathia and Jacob. Um, yeah. I want them to be able to like look through like 20 scripts and be able to say, this is the best thing for me. This is the project that I want to pursue. Um, I'm also really happy to see like a really nice mix of movies between these two categories. It's nice to not just see like the same five movies, you know, over and over, like sometimes it happens in past years. Um, so very, very happy to see that. All right, before we go here, guys, I thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to pass it around the table for uh, Jacob. Where can we find you on Twitter? You know where to find me, tberry57. Matthew Fox. Nighthawk7734. Mr. Lankford. High Contrast FLM. Emma, where can we find you on Twitter, and where can we find your work? Uh, on Twitter, I am Emma underscore Sasek, and online, I'm at bakersfield.com slash bakersfield-life. Very long one. <laughs> And we'll attach that to the bottom of the episode as well. And Miss Woods, where can we find you on Twitter and where can we find your work? I'm the same on everything. Katia, K-A-T-H-I-A underscore Woods. Woods like Tiger Woods. And most of my work you can find on, hey, you got to say it. <laughs> most of my work you gotta uh, you can find on couplesoulshow.com. I hand to God, people will ask me how to spell Woods. <laughs> that blows my mind. I mean, for me, like whenever I, at my quote unquote day job, I for me, it's like I always have to spell Valero, and I get it. You know what I mean? Like it's but Woods, like Woods. Yes, <laughs> I'll say like you know like the musical Into the Woods, and now the O O D, and I go S at the F. That 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 blows my mind. Thank you guys so much for your time today. It was great. Next week we will tackle the actor or I don't remember the actor categories. I think make sure to head on over to the Music City Drive-In to check out all of the latest work. Uh, make sure to check out the Drive-In Podcast Network for all of the shows, with even including the members on our here, the Fantasy Football Roundtable, and this film not rated. Thank you so much for joining us this week, and until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>